Welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is episode number 18, uh, and I am Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. Uh, for this episode, uh, I had the chance to talk with up-and-coming photographer Riley Hitchner. Uh, she's, uh, she's 19, but she's actually been shooting weddings for about three or four years now, since I think she was 16 was her first one. Um, and so with our conversation, we, uh, we talk about uh, personal work. We talk a lot about traveling and uh, recreation and um, really just kind of feeding your soul and uh, your mind and how you s- uh, she stays inspired uh, continually. And so uh, I think you will find that she's got a really fresh perspective on industry. Uh, even, though, even though she's young, uh, it gives her um, some advantages and, and some disadvantages too uh, with where she's at. But uh, she's very honest, uh, she's real, and she has a really sweet spirit, and uh, I really found her to be really wise uh, for her age, and so uh, I think you'll really enjoy, uh, enjoy our conversation. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to mention a couple things, uh, just real quick. Uh, the first one is, um, due, well, coming up in July, um, Musea is going uh, to be running a, a crowdfunding campaign, uh, and so uh, I can't really get into the details of how uh, how we're going to do that uh, or what the framework is for that, but I can say uh, it's going to be insane and it's going to be ridiculous. Um, it's uh, going to involve quite a few uh, quite a few photographers, and the people that we're getting uh, on board for this thing is really just blowing my mind. So you will be able to, um, or I guess I will be able to start talking about it probably the third week of June, and so it'll be coming up pretty soon. Uh, probably a little less than a month, and so I'll start just divulging all the information, all the details. So we're just trying to get all the pieces in place exactly before uh, we really kind of start talking about it, because uh, there's still some moving parts. But it is coming, uh, and just be prepared. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing. Uh, last thing I just want to mention real quick is over the summer, uh, there's going to be some times when um, I'm going to be uh, talking about some workshops that uh, Musea is sponsoring with, or I guess partnering with. Uh, right now, and the reason uh, for that is just because uh, reaching out with photographers that uh, I believe have a shared vision for the industry, what the industry should be like, uh, and so uh, we're just partnering with these people because I personally believe in them and uh, really believe in what they stand for. And so uh, the first one I want to mention today is uh, the workshop coming up with Noah Azerly Slater. Uh, she was on the podcast a couple months ago, um, but she's uh, having a workshop June 28th and 29th. It's actually at her house in California. Beautiful house. It's ridiculous. She's got a pool, by the way, also, which is nice. But uh, the reason I, uh, Musea is kind of partnering with her is just because I really believe in her vision for art, um, for uh, really being true to yourself and who you are as an artist. Um, You know, she's a firm believer in artistic integrity. uh, But she has a way of talking about the creative process that – that is real and tangible and it's something that you can walk away with and actually apply to your business. It's not all just ideas that uh, sound nice but they don't really have any direction attached to them. Uh, She gives you things that you can start implementing into your work and into your business right away Uh, but at the same time it's creative and it's inspiring and and it's freeing uh, for the people that attend and really absorb this stuff. So uh, check her out. Uh, I would really love to see some of you uh, go to her workshop. Uh, you can find out more information by going to featherlove.com slash blog and just click on workshop. I also talked about it on the Musea blog, so you can go there. 
uh, yeah, so that's it. So without further ado, let's get into uh, my interview with Riley Hitchner. I think you'll really love her and um, enjoy what she has to say. So thanks so much for listening as always, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Well, Riley, thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to uh, get a chance to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you. Well, I guess just start off, um, well, I want to say that it's kind of interesting because you just emailed me out of the blue, uh, <laughs> and huh? I've never had anybody uh, just directly request it, So, but you were very convincing in your email, so I thought it'd be fun to... Uh, to talk to you this way uh, and get to know you a little bit better. And it's cool that I guess you know Jose. Where did you meet him at? No, I, I met him at a, a wedding and, and we were ta- or at a wedding in, uh, last year and we were just talking about stuff. And I guess before that too, like I, well, I can get on this later, but I had been asking people like what I was supposed to do and, or not what I was supposed to do, but if they were kind of in my situation, like how would they, kind of use this to benefit them and my situation being that I'm young and I felt like, um, you know, should I stay in school and do that or whatever? Anyway, so um, I had asked a lot of people. I hadn't asked him yet and he kind of, he he talked with me and he actually, without even asking him his opinion, he gave me his opinion and that kind of stuff and so that was really helpful. Um, But yeah, I, I talked with him about it and he was really helpful with that and really encouraging with where I should go and that kind of thing. So are you like a guest at a wedding he was shooting or something or? No, we did. It was uh, one of the weddings that's in uh, Once Weds magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, helping with that that weekend and did um, some different things with them and, and he was also working. So we were just kind of, it was like a team of people just kind of working on that wedding. Gotcha. Um, we were working on together. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, I'll just start off. Tell me a little bit about your story, especially since it's a little more unique than most people Mm -hmm. um i mean you're the youngest person i've had talked to so far on the podcast so i'd really love to know your story and how you got started yeah yeah well um i think and it's one of those stories i feel like a lot of people are like it's kind of the cheesy story where i feel like i always kind of was in art and i always kind of um dabbled in a lot of different mediums and um Growing up, I was really encouraged to, you know, study that. And so I guess, you know, from a young age, I just remember, and it was always in, I always kind of grew up with um, kind of wanting to start my own business, always trying to create businesses that I could work on, and then also in art. So I think this is kind of a combination between, like, art and business and doing that. Um, But, yeah, so when I was young, um, I always, you know, Sorry. And just, um, you know, the past couple years, I did so many different kinds of mediums of, I took a nighttime pottery class, um, early morning watercolor class with, I was probably the youngest person by 60 years. Um, <laughs> I took um, pottery, watercolor, um, nighttime photography class, also probably the youngest person by 60 years. Um, I just... I kind of did a lot of things that, you know, are really, you know, that was kind of uncomfortable. I mean, you don't, I mean, not a lot of people want to be 
you know, hanging out with people way beyond their years. But yeah. I really enjoyed that and kind of doing something that's kind of out of my comfort zone, um, that kind of thing. And so I did a lot of different art classes, trying to find something that I really loved because um, I knew I loved art. I didn't know how to do it um, or how to get that to be something that I could do later in life. Um, and then also, like I said, I did a lot of business kind of things, like trying to start my own business. Um, when I was younger, I was always... I just, I mean, always creating things that I could do for others and sell and make money and um, always starting at a young age, always really encouraged, um, my parents always really encouraged that and um, I remember making greeting cards and selling them in fifth grade and um, <laughs> creating the embroidering things and selling those um, my early teenage years and always just doing that kind of thing and so I think that really, you know, grew me into what I'm doing now is just I started early doing this because um, that's just always how I've done it. You know, like I always just wanted to, um, I love working and I love doing, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think this is just something that um, I've just always done. It's always been part of my life is just creating things and trying to find a way to share them. And um, so, yeah, I think that and then. I think just, I don't know, I mean, being encouraged, and I think my, um, my I was always encouraged and told that I was different, um, and, you know, I'm not necessarily special because I'm different, but I, I was always told that I was different, so I think that really helps, that told me, and I believe that I was different, so I think, I think you just believing that you're different, um, that, you know, that's what's gonna, I mean, I think that's what helped me with my story, it's just thinking, like, I'm different. I'm not like everybody else. I don't have to go the same way that everybody else did. And it takes some time to kind of um, appreciate that or kind of um, accept that, you know, and just be like, okay, well, everybody else my age is in school. I'm the only one. Um, if I would have stayed in the school that I was in, I probably am the only one that didn't go to college. Um, or I did go to college, but I didn't. I dropped out of college. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably the only one in that school that I was in. But, um, but yeah, just doing that, and I think one of the things that really, I think, had a big influence on where I am now is um, I went to school up until ninth grade at a small private school, and then after ninth grade, I decided to be homeschooled, and I started college when I was 16. Um, also, when I was 16, that's when I shot my first wedding, because um, I had been taking classes and kind of learning in that, and so people kind of knew that I kind of played with that and nothing really serious just yet, but I was just learning the, you know, just learning about photography more in depth. And so then I had my first wedding. And after that, I think it just kind of snowballed after, after that, you know, within each year after that. So, but yeah, that's my story. I think, you know, starting from when I was young, just doing things, um, always creating something and always trying to figure out a way to share it. Um, I think that's just exactly what I'm doing now is what I did when I was Five. 12, I'm doing <laughs> now, you know, exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So when did, when did you first, like your first get into photography? What age was that for you? Like picking up a camera for the first time and shooting? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think I always kind of play with photography for sure. I think I, that's always been something that I always did. And when I was, um, in elementary school, I, I entered an art contest with photography involved with that so I think that was the beginning 
when I was um, about 14, I had my mom's old film camera. And really, the reason that I went with her camera was because I really wanted a good camera to shoot with. And I didn't have one, so I was like, I dug in the closet and I found this one and I was like, okay, I guess I'm shooting film. Everybody else has a little pocket camera that they're playing with. And, um, and I was like, whatever, this big, it was just like this big, you know, SLR film camera that I would just bring around with me. And so that's kind of the start of it. And so I wanted to learn how to just, you know, shoot manually and play with shutter speed and aperture and everything, you know, all the different things that you can do with photography, that's kind of the start. So I think I got most serious in learning about photography when I was about 14. And then from there, when you're kind of 14, because you're 19 now. Yeah. So yeah, how many, did you have like any, you said you took one, like a night photography class. Did you have any other formal classes? Yeah. I took a night photography class and I learned all about just shooting it in manual and it was from a, a photographer in town and um and he kind of taught I mean just shooting a manual and all the different things that you can do with that and kind of manipulate the camera to do you know what you're what you see you know and then um then also I did take a class in college um and um was in the darkroom and stuff honestly my teacher didn't teach me anything about photography um, I actually brought in a friend of mine who is a videographer at one point, um, because I was, I was really, really, really wanting to learn more about it. And this teacher didn't really care to teach me that much. And I, I was just really trying to find a way to learn more. And this was my opportunity. So I was like, uh, I asked my friend if he could come in and kind of teach me, um, everything that he learned. Cause he, um, majored in art and and so he knew a lot. And so I was like, teacher, step aside. I got my friend coming in and he's going to teach me because I wanted to learn and I had this opportunity. So, yeah, I took a formal class. Um, still there, it was self-taught because, like I said, like I had to bring in somebody to teach me to learn more. And I was really just hungry to learn more about photography. And so I had to find a way to do that myself because this guy wasn't really that interested in teaching me. <laughs> yeah. So, so are you are you 100% film like you have been filmed or do you dabble with digital yeah. stuff yeah I did ha I did shoot digital for a little while I, sh I started with film like I said when I was younger um or a couple years ago yeah. when I was younger still young <laughs> um well in the beginning yeah. um I was shooting film and then um I you know obviously with the darkroom class I was shooting film and then um but I shot weddings I probably shot about um 40 weddings in digital total and then I switched to film and so I've been shooting film since last year and I think that um has just been a major um it's majorly influenced where I am right now and I just love it and it's taught me so much more and I just continue to really fall in love with it and really be confident with my work and um and I love it you know so yeah. so I definitely think that's been a huge influence on my art yeah um, how I'm kind of interested just I'm going to harp a little bit on the age thing at first and then we'll go away but just because it's um, just for me it's a unique perspective and I think it's it's good for a lot yeah. of other people especially photographers that have been around for a long time because mm -hmm. you're going to be able to bring 
a bit of a fresh perspective on things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, versus us that have been doing it for 10 plus years or whatever. Um, and we have kids and all this other stuff. Uh, but how has being young like helped your photography? Um, I think it has helped kind of like what you said, the kind of, um, I don't know, I guess a fresh perspective more in the mindset that I have, knowing that I have a lot of years, um, to really, a lot of years ahead of me, or at least I hope I do, um, and, you know, to be able to do that. And, um, I think that's a total mindset thing and thinking like, you know, I, um, have a lot of time where I get to enjoy that and kind of like, you know, I, I'm not married with kids. Um, so I think that kind of just, um, just being able to really focus on that and kind of, um, really fall in love with that, you know, until I have other loves in my life, you know, and really focus on that. So, um, I think, I think that it's a really, it's a, a mindset thing. I think thinking that I'm, you know, young and I have a lot of years ahead of me, that really, it gives me a little bit of confidence and kind of pushes me, um, to work harder. Um, and also just, um, I have a lot of energy. I could, I can go a long time shooting and, um, I can travel and, and go forever, you know, and, and so maybe that helps, but, um, I think it's helped just the mindset of just knowing that I'm young and really there's nothing to lose kind of thing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. How has being young maybe hurt what's been the kind of the negative side of it all at the same yeah. time? Well, at, with it being positive, being mindset, it also can be negative um, with my mindset. And I think, you know, that's something I have to work on. Um, mostly being young and going into a wedding, um, it's, I just have to, I have to be prepared going into a wedding, knowing that people are going to ask me a lot of questions that can be kind of not intimidating because I'm never intimidated by it, but I have to just be like, you know, when somebody comes up and goes, how old are you? You know, you have to have an answer and just be like, I, I've learned to kind of make it a smaller answer and just kind of be like, thanks for asking. Got to go. Yeah. Um, but you know that, you know, it could be discouraging to me, um, that I'm young and, um, having people I really don't have any idea how people take it um I really do have whenever I Skype with somebody um or meet them for the first time I think you know we have small talk and then the first question is how old are you and um so it's it's always that kind of just preparing to have to answer questions that if I were 30 I wouldn't have to answer answer these questions you know and so um instead of being like I don't know you know I really don't know if they if they trust me, if they, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of maybe that could hurt me. I take it and I really try to just not think about any of the questions that they have about me being young. Um, but I think maybe just that I have to prepare, I have to be prepared to answer questions and kind of defend myself. But in the most part, or most times I just, I say it how it is and, um, and I don't really have to, you know, I try not, you know, I don't really have to defend myself. I know that I'm a photographer and I know what I'm doing. Um, but that could hurt my work um, or it could hurt my confidence in being able to um, really 
create the image that I want to with the client if they're like, do you know what you're doing? That kind of, you know, yeah. so it could hurt me being able to create the image that I want. But other than that, honestly, I think it just has taken some time to be like, you know, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, I think that's all, you know, it's something to just kind of, do you want to, do you want to have to worry about it? Cause really it's, that's just going to hurt, hurt me. So it's really just not thinking about what people think about me, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I don't, that's one of those things I was thinking about, like, cause I, when I, uh, I mean, I shot my first wedding, uh, out of college. And so I was probably about 21. Um, and so I would get a lot of questions then about kind of my age. Um, yeah. So I can't imagine, like, because you said you were 16 and going in and mm -hmm. shooting some 16, 17, 18. Yeah, I would I would feel like your biggest uh, challenge is, is just getting the trust of your yeah. clients. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the family members, like the mother, the bride, and things like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. What are some ways that you've kind of gained their trust outside of, um, I mean, is it just talking to them or how, yeah, how do you do I that? Yeah, I think, I think creating the relationships up front before, um, before the wedding, um, it's not always possible, but really just, um, talking with them. I mean, I think I'm more mature. I mean, at 16, I was more mature than most 16 year olds. Um, at 19, I think I'm more mature, um, than most 19 year olds, um, at least, you know, I think it all have, has to do with my personality is what, uh, might help them trust me more. Honestly, I don't know why they trust me. I could be stealing images from somebody else. I don't you know. No, yeah. <laughs> how they know that, but right. <laughs> luckily I'm not, but, um, but I think, um, just talking with them and, you know, I don't know that, my resume is really anything that helps gain trust because honestly, I don't have a resume. Um, I think um, they look at my work and if they love how I see the world, um, they're drawn to it. And then um, after that, the next step is, do we like her as a person? Do we like the way she can, you know, just like they're kind of testing, you know, we're both kind of communicating back and forth. And I think that's with anybody, any photographer, um, so, but yeah, I think just talking and, um, a lot of people who contact me have the same kind of, um, vision for their wedding as I do in my photography, or at least, you know, it kind of fits and we kind of already fit personality wise. Um, mother of the brides, um, a lot of times they're different than their daughters. And sometimes I do get, um, mother of the brides who give me the kind of stink eye and, and <laughs> yeah. um, how are we going to pay you this much money to shoot our wedding? And how do we know, you know, but I think they're always, the daughters are kind of like, come on, like give her a chance. And so I kind of have somebody on my team, but, um, but yeah, I think it's all about how you present yourself. I, you know, I present myself as, um, how I want to, you know, like the photographer that I want to be, that's how I look and that's how I dress and that's how I talk. Um, you know, so I'm presenting myself as uh, mature because I know that they want that from me and they want to be able to trust me. And you have to have that. And so um, that's, 
it's just, you know, I think it's how I present myself, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. What's, as you've kind of been going in the industry, what is, like, mm-hmm. some of the worst advice anybody's ever given you so far? <laughs> okay. Okay. I have one. Um, I, honestly, I have a lot of people with really great advice just going, yeah, like, good idea, like, go for your dream. Um, the worst advice I've ever gotten which I have to explain it, but my worst advice is when I was asking people about where or what I should do with the time that I have, because I felt like, um, like last year I was deciding, should I stay in school? And I had this dilemma of, should I stay in school and have to turn down all these weddings or um, drop out of school and be able to accept these weddings? Because um, at this point last year, I was getting all of my May weddings that I'm having right now. I was getting them all last year, um, booking them. And I was looking ahead at the semester going, this is impossible. How am I going to study for exams, which are really important, and I have to pass. And then also I have to um, shoot all these weddings that I had already had booked um, all lined up a year in advance. And so I was looking at that going, how am I supposed to do this? Um, is it really smart to drop out of school? Because I don't know anybody who else has even done, you know, like I was going to be the only one that I had met of my friends and anywhere around me, um, dropping out of college. It's not popular where I'm from. Maybe it's popular somewhere else, but, um, I went to a private school. So a lot of people, you know, obviously they, they went to nice schools and, and I had, you know, no idea what I wanted to do. So anyways, at this point last year, I was, um, asking around and emailing people, like, what would you do if you had these four years ahead of you? In these next four years, would you learn by experience or would you stay in school and have to turn all these years down of possible experience? Um, which is a hard question, and I know it's probably hard to ask and be asked, um, but I asked a lot of different people and I got some good responses back, but I think the worst advice that I got back was staying in school. Um, and I got people saying, um, basically that, you know, back knowing that I was my age and saying, um, stay in school, hon. And, um, just like, you know, like sweet names, like sweetie, like don't drop out. And I think they really were like, you know, I mean, how would they talk to their own daughter? Of course they're going to say stay in school. Um, but that was my worst advice because I would not be where I am if I would have stayed in school. Um, I would have had to turn all these weddings down. And I wouldn't have been able to do basically everything I look back in the past year that I'm doing. None of that would have happened. I wouldn't have been available to travel. I wouldn't have been available to do anything um, really intensive um, just because I would have had to really focus on school. And every bit of stress that I ever had in my life has always been connected to school. Um, so it always would have been this, um, you know, the past year would have been trying really hard because I'm not a, a student where it's easy for me to go into a test and just ace it. You know, I, I would have to spend a lot of hours on that and also trying to start or spend a lot of hours on um, my business. And so I think immediately after dropping out of school, that's when everything started where I was, I felt like I could really focus on this one thing instead of you know, half-heartedly focusing on school and focusing on this business, this art that I wanted to really follow, you know. And so that's, you know, bad advice was just staying in school. But it's not bad advice. Right. <laughs> that's, 
worst advice for me yeah. that I've got, you know? Yeah. So. Um, okay, so best advice. Best advice was dropping out of school, <laughs> um, which <laughs> I've already explained it. But um, I emailed, like I said, I emailed and I got an email back from Ozzy Garcia, um, who Jonathan Canales has said so much great things about. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have heard about him also just because he is amazing. He was the only one who emailed me back saying, give me a call. And um, I was like, geez, Louise, like, I, like everybody else had just, you know, said what they thought, email me back, short and sweet. He was like, give me a call today and we'll talk. And so I, you know, we've never met before. We never, um, it, that was just really, it meant a lot to me that somebody wanted to talk with me about um, my business or my life and just kind of help me with that because, you know, making that decision of what I should do in the next couple of years, that's a hard decision. And dropping out of school is not an easy decision to make when everybody else is going in that. And that's what you've always, um, that's what I've always, you know, went to school for, you know, like was always getting to college. And so that's a hard decision to make. And he basically said, um, you know, to, he helped me and he was so, he was so sweet and, um, and just kind of just pushed me in that direction. I think, um, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. So I think my best advice was just from him and just saying, um, really focus on that. But the, again, you know, that's not the best advice you can give anybody, you know? <laughs> so anybody listening, I don't think, you know, don't take unique, that. Yeah. Oh, Everybody's <laughs> dropping out left and right now. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> There's nobody in school left. Where'd they go? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like somebody like, you know, Ozzy or whatever you emailed, like, did you send him your portfolio or anything? I mean, because it, cause it's one of the things that, like, when you emailed me, one of the first things I did was checked out your work. Because yeah. <clears throat> if your work was not where I wanted it to be, I yeah. would have not, exactly. you know, confirmed uh, that I wanted to talk to you. So yeah. you do have the ability, I feel like, to back up. You know, you have the talent mm -hmm. and the skill to back up kind of what you're reaching for. Yeah. Um, so yeah. did you get that affirmation kind of from him and other people too, like that your work was there? Um, he was the only one. Yeah. Everybody that I emailed, they kind of, I don't think they really cared to, I mean, and that, no, I mean, I don't, you know, I think that's totally fine. I know how it is to get emails and not have time to totally invest in every single one. And, um, and so I think they were, you know, just like basically a student was emailing them saying, should I go to school or should I not go to school? And they were like, go to school. You know, that's, you know, like dropping out is, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna work at McDonald's, but you know, that's probably what they were thinking. You know, they probably thought like, who is this girl? And I basically, I think my email was like, I kind of told the story and I told him that I had been shooting, you know, weddings, you know, 20 weddings a year or whatever. And, um, and I think, you know, at the end, obviously my signature is Riley Hitchner and my website. And, and that was a different, different website than I have now. Um, but I think I just saw something different. Um, it was digital. Um, it was kind of different than what I have now. Um, but uh, obviously it's the same vision. It's the same way I see things as I see them in film. It's just a different medium or whatever. So 
I think he just saw that, and I remember him commenting on, like, just the, kind of, like, the feminine sensuality of, or just, like, the way that I uh, photograph just um, women kind of uh, softly, tastefully, or whatever, mm -hmm. and so I think he saw that, and so, so yeah, so I, I think he, um, I think, obviously, you have to make that answer based on what what you have in front of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you. Um, one of the things I'm interested in you talking to you about is uh, your level of discipline, uh, yeah. because that comes. Um, discipline is something that you I kind of equate with maturity, you know. Yeah. And you, your website and your blog is um, extremely edited mm -hmm. um like extremely edited <laughs> yeah. uh probably one of the tightest i've seen uh you know almost to the point where oh, it's almost like too tight or something but i'm like i wish i had like 15 more pictures on the weddings page or something but yeah um because but most people err on the other side of too much yeah uh and you have gone super minimal so where does that type of discipline come from? Because most people s struggle mightily. People that photographers have been doing it for 10, 20 years struggle, mm -hmm. struggle with that. Um, I think it all has to do with uh, my vision of where I want to go with my business. Um, I, you know, in the Bible it says, uh, you know, if there's no vision, the people will perish. And that's exactly kind of what I see in my work and take that, you know, that's obviously what I apply to my life, but also to my business. And so my vision or what I want to do in the future, or what kind of clients that I want to attract or what kind of um, lifestyle that I want to have, you know, with my business and stuff like that in the future, that's all being reflected or I'm reflecting my portfolio now on that. Or, you know, what yeah. I mean, like what I want in the future I'm applying that to my work right now. So I'm not going to show anything that um, I don't feel fits with that perfect client that I have in my mind years down the road, or they might be there right now. So I think, you know, my perfect client, I think um, one of the things that, or I think a really good example of kind of how I did it was when we were younger, one of my friend's moms told me, um, or we kind of did this thing where, um, and this is just personal life for yeah. you. Um, they said, they said, um, to make a list of your ideal husband to kind of like, re, you know, just keep you from all the heartbreaks and everything, you know, to having to date these people who weren't really your ideal. And so, um, so we made a list of our ideal husband qualities and, um, and, and so we did that. And so I think I apply that to, <laughs> my clients and I are not my clients, but I apply it to what I show and what I um, am doing in my business. I'm, you know, I make an ideal um, list um, of what I want my work to look like. And then also my ideal client who I'm trying to show my work for. So as everything that I'm doing right now and everything that I'm posting is that going to attract that client who might have a hundred thousand dollar wedding. Um, so I'm not going to post things that are um, anything less than that. Sometimes, you know, I, I miss that and I post things that um, I just want to, you know, honestly, everything that I shoot, I want to post. I really do. I love everything that um, 
that we've kind of, I've done with clients. I love my clients so much. Um, it, you know, and so it's really hard to be able to, you know, say, no, I have to be really disciplined with that. That doesn't directly align with that thing that I have in mind or that wedding that I have in mind. Um, you know, my ideal client might be, um, in Tuscany, um, you know, really small ceremony of 50 people. Um, you know, I have this kind of like idea in mind for this perfect client or, um, or just a, a perfect year or a perfect day, you know, like a, yeah. a perfect year in my business. How is that going to look, um, in the future? And so what I'm doing now and how I'm presenting my work now is directly, um, align with that, you know, if, if, I don't know if that makes sense, but everything that I'm doing now, I know it's going to affect my future and how, you know, what I present now, that's, um, you know, so that's how I do it. Um, that's kind of my process and it takes some time. Sometimes I, I write up a post and I look at it for a while and I kind of have to think on it and, um, if I really feel like it does fit that client in my mind. Um, but yeah, that's how I do it. And, um, you know, I, Obviously, I, I do shoot more work than is on my website and on my blog, um, a, a lot more, and, but I don't show it. And and looking at it and going into it thinking, like, you know, is somebody still going to hire me if I only have, like, one full wedding post on there? Uh, I don't know why they hire me, but they do. Yeah. Um, so, really, I think that's something that's really encouraging. I think that's a bit of encouragement that somebody can take away from, from this is um, if you don't have a bunch of work, that you are totally um, not proud of. I mean, because I'm sure you are proud of it, but if it's not aligned with what your vision is for your business, um, don't show it, but create something. You can, you know, create it to, um, you know, create shoots or something that totally does work with that. Because um, I think it, it just hurts you if you keep putting on your site and your work, um, anything, you know, if you keep, publishing things that you don't love, you're going to keep getting things that you don't love. And, um, I think that hurts. And I think people, you know, if this is your brand and it's not just your logo, that's part of your brand or, you know, anything like that, your website, that's part of your brand, but everything that you put on your site is part of your brand and, you know, take hold of that and control it. And, um, you're in control of it. And now you just have to control yourself in that kind of, you know, that you want to post everything that you do. Um, you know, just be in control of it. Yeah. Take your, take your boyfriend list out and make <laughs> your client list. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. The, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the things that you're touching on there are, you know, self-control, mm -hmm. uh, patience, um, yeah. those type of qualities are things that are very hard to come by in, uh, people and in our, our culture right now because everything is so fast and we get mm -hmm. caught up in thinking um, we need to get stuff published I need to I need to post something every day yeah uh, otherwise people won't come back and I don't know sometimes I think that's preached too much and that's not always true and I think you're a really good example of posting very very few mm -hmm. few posts yeah. uh not regularly, but uh, mm -hmm. it works for you, you know. Uh, some people feel like it's not even an option; like it's you'll you'll fail if you don't post often. Yeah. Well, I think I do this in different ways. Um, I do 
post, I mean, I don't post every day. I try to post either once a week or every two weeks. Yeah. Mostly yeah. probably every two weeks. Um, I personally, I don't like going to somebody's website and not seeing a post like at least once a month or every two months. Sometimes it, it you know, that kind of bothers me. So at least I'm not going to go anywhere over a month, I'm sure, with my posts. Um, and if there's not, you know, I, I kind of, I do have a list of things that I know I'm going to post. And I have a lot sitting, you know, kind of in a folder of things that I am going to post upcoming because I want to keep it. You know, I, in the past few months, I've had so much that I've shot, especially with my travels, um, so much that I shot that I would post, you know, and I could be not where I'm, you know, self-disciplined and I could post it all at once and then I would have nothing to post later. Yeah. But I have this kind of list over the next couple of months and I've kind of already got my plans um, for my blog out and that kind of helps. You know, I think, you know, you have a little bit of a, and it kind of helps me feel like I got kind of like secret stuff like in the back, you know, nobody knows about that's coming. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. What Would you rather post something or stuff that's just kind of mediocre all the time or post something that people are like waiting to see once a month? You know, like if people just keep seeing it come up and they just look at it and it's like, oh, this is great. Um, you know, I think there's that bit of, just having people excited to see your post, you know, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, and I think that, you know, another thing that I do too, though, is to keep, um, you know, people knowing that I'm alive is, um, you know, between <laughs> posts is, uh, or, you know, yeah. like people know that I am working besides those posts is, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any kind of social media, um, you know, and just posting maybe, um, some pictures there. Or um, just uh, posting things that you're working on, you know? I mean, yeah. any of that. Just so you're alive, but yeah. you're not... I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, you're putting yourself out there so much. You're degrading yourself, mm -hmm. maybe? And you could be? I don't know. I mean, unless you have that much work all the time. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one... One thing that you've already caught on into business now, which is really hard for, it's really hard for me even, honestly, and uh, mm -hmm. other people, is just the, uh, this idea of kind of flirtation with mm -hmm. potential clients. So where yeah. you're, you're giving them just even like, you just post like one photo. Mm -hmm. uh, and most people can't, most people have to post like 50, and I'm guilty of this. Uh, yeah. But just having that one and keeping a lot of your stuff secret. Yeah. Um, but it, that effect it has on other people is it, it creates the desire to see more. And yeah, so when you, exactly. you can control that desire uh, really skillfully, but most of us, we just want to get it all out really quick so that mm -hmm. we can get the, like, that's awesome comments back on Facebook and our yeah. blog. So we kind of, it's almost a trap of, like, you feel better about your, your self-worth. Because, like, oh, look at all these yeah. cool blog comments I got. But it... It doesn't help your business. And I kind of feel pretty cool having stuff in secret. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what I have up my sleeve, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I have a little, I mean, I feel pretty special having stuff that nobody knows about yet. Yeah. It's exciting. You know, it's exciting to be excited about posting something that you have upcoming even two months from now. Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, and yeah, self-discipline. I mean, it's like, it's like that kind of modest girl who... 
who isn't showing a bunch, but you're like, man, she is really attractive. And then you have that other girl who's showing everything mm. and totally different feel, you know? Yeah. And I think that kind of sweet, um, that modest portfolio that I have kind of makes you want to see more or want, you know, at least start a conversation about it Yeah. to want to see more. Yeah. I don't know. That's great. Um, one of the things yeah. you emailed me about that you really wanted to talk about was personal work. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, I think a lot of people talk about this as being really important. Um, but I know from experience, or I just know from hearing people talk about personal work all the time was how do I get started on that? Like, why is it really that important? It costs a lot of money if you're shooting film to shoot personal work a lot. But honestly, that's, um, it's like 90% of what I do now, um, is personal work. Um, I took, you know, I, I traveled, um, in March solely to do personal work. Um, you know, nothing of that was paid and I spent thousands and thousands, not thousands and thousands, but thousands of dollars on, um, on that trip. And all it was, was personal work. And I think, and I, I know that coming away from that experience was so, influential on my work and um also just how I view my work um but personal work and I think a lot like I said a lot of people look at it and and don't know how to get started on that or how to how that's really going to help it doesn't really feel like it's going to help but um um I think shooting outside of what you're getting paid to shoot um will tremendously be able to help you find your voice because um, when you're getting paid to shoot, you obviously have expectations from somebody else. But when you're shooting on your own, nobody is expecting anything from you. Um, you're not getting paid to do it. So you don't have to stick by a, a shot list. Um, there's no, there's no, you know, there's nothing telling you where to go or what to do. And I think with personal work, it's just you and what you want and um, shooting that and then also sharing that on your blog is um, it's just so so important for your work because people are going to be able to see what you want to shoot and you're going to be able to see what you want to shoot or how you want to shoot it without having any other expectations I don't know I mean honestly it's you have this kind of um, box that you have to stick you know stay in within wedding photography sometimes um, I mean you would, if you started off shooting weddings and you never shot personal work, you would stay in that box all of the time and you would never know what it feels like to get out of the box. Um, where if you shot and you always shot personal work before, um, you would go into a wedding being outside the box already and then having to shoot the things that are in the box that are on the list and, you know, the things that you have to get. So I think um, just shooting personal work um, it's, it's going to influence your voice and make you unique because if you shot weddings all the time and you never shot personal work, it's so hard to find your voice and that's so hard to stand out in the industry. And, um, it really stinks if you don't, if you're not looking to find your voice or if you neglect that because you have a specific voice that is just for you and nobody else in the world. But if you're trying to shoot like everybody else's voices, you're not going to be heard, and um, it's it's really sad. So um, 
I think that's so important because you have a specific thing that you're supposed to do and the way that your work looks. It's going to be different if you really work on that and shoot personal work um, and have no boundaries and no guidelines. Yeah. So, so yeah, personal work is important. Talk about um, the effect that giving has had on your life. That's one of the things you also emailed me about, kind of about yeah. serving and volunteering. Uh, yeah. And how really just giving to others has come around back to you in various ways. Well, um, in the beginning of my business, I think, um, or in the beginning of everything, or, and with everything that I am doing in my life, I think um, it's totally influenced me and influenced my work. Um, like I said, in the beginning of my business, um, that's basically what I was doing with my work, was trying to... Um, <clears throat> give to others and I, I saw it as an opportunity where like I said earlier being young I don't have um, a family that I have to support it's just me and um, I think that that I, I knew that I had a unique perspective and a, a new a unique um, time in my life that I would be able to do this obviously I'll be able to give for when I do have a family and I'll find different ways but I knew that specifically this is one area that I could give and um, and give a lot more because I I, I want to give continually um, you know for the rest of my life but this was one area that I could give so much and have nothing to kind of hold me back and so um, starting my business it was basically I know I had one spe specific family that um, I spent a lot, a lot of times volunteering outside of photography, just volunteering, helping them with the kids. They had four kids um, under like five um, or something like a lot of kids really young um, or maybe under six, okay. <laughs> but they had four kids. And um, so I was helping them, you know, just giving them time, you know, as husband and wife to go out and um, I would stay home with the kids, that kind of thing. So that was volunteering outside photography. But I also, with that family and a lot of other families, would volunteer with photography and um, give a lot of my time and give a lot of um, just my art and my gift, which is photography. And so um, that I found, or looking back now that I'm where I am now, is looking back and seeing that what I had done built up to where I am now. Everything that I was volunteering my time and my gift with back then, having no idea where it would take me or why, or not, not why I was doing, obviously I was just doing it, you know, out of my heart, but, um, doing that, everything, you know, the very beginning was all because of those small moments that I gave and the small bits of time that I gave and the, the little bit of money that I spent, um, you know, it's, it's nothing compared to, um, you know, the blessing that I have now of where I am in my business. And and I'm looking back at it now going, I had no idea that what I was doing then would it all affect where I am now, but it totally did, and, and I see that now. And so that's why it's you don't see what you're doing right now being any kind of effect or blessing to anybody in the long run. But um, everything that I gave back then has affected me now, and I know that what I'm doing now and giving is um, – Probably gonna. I mean, obviously, no. I know that I will be blessed later, and then also blessing others. I know that it will do more than I'm aware of, um, and so yeah, I think giving has directly 
affected my business and affected my life. And, um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also talked about, uh, email me about, uh, studying all mediums of art, kind of the, mm-hmm. the traveling and you talked about <clears throat> just cons- what you're consuming, the be- beauty mm-hmm. and beauty out. <laughs> And this idea of creating time for recreation. Um, The things that you're talking about, I don't know, a lot of people that I talk to, I guess, they're kind of, I think they want to have some of that time or freedom. Uh, Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't maybe feel like they can because they have the three kids and the husband and the house and it's just... Mm-hmm. It's every day is just what can they do to keep their head above water and there's yeah they don't most people I talk to now they don't live a life where their life can kind of breathe does that yeah. make sense so there's not that room just to kind of exhale occasionally yeah. so as you since you're younger and you have that room to breathe yeah talk about that and how that's affected your art and your work well, um, I think this is a, that's a really hard topic because I hate being able to say, or I hate me talking about, um, that and how it affects me and, and not being able to, uh, I want, you know, obviously I don't want anybody to feel like they're not, you know, they missed out or if they have a different story or like you said, everyone's trying to just live, um, and make a living and trying to just you know, just they're trying to live, trying to breathe. Yeah. Um, and um, I hate being, I don't really want to talk about as much as like what I have that they don't have because they have so much, you know, everybody has something different that is, you know, different than anybody else. Like they have stuff that I don't have. But yeah, I do have, I do have time and um, a unique area of my life that I, I do have time to travel. And, um, just that, and I don't want anybody to feel like, well, we need to leave my wife and go off and travel and, you know, and find myself like I'm not saying that at all. Um, everyone has a unique way of doing that. Um, whether it is traveling or whether it's spending 15 minutes reading in the morning and having your tea by yourself. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just really, um, valuing that and putting that as something that's so important is, um, we, we have a unique, um, you know, business or we have a unique thing that we're doing in that, um, our business is, you know, directly affected by us. You know, I mean, the work that we're creating is coming from inside of us. So we have to take care of ourselves and nurture ourselves, nurture, um, you know, just, just, the inspirations and stuff that's so important and that's different you know like if you're in accounting obviously that's a total different thing but we have this unique business and area of work that we have to um feed ourselves and i think you know you'll find different ways to do that and um and you can find your own way for me it's um spending time reading by myself and nurturing myself spiritually um, and nurturing myself. Um, I love going, I love out, being outside and I love that kind of stuff and I, I love traveling. So, um, really putting that, um, as something that's important, obviously don't put it above your family, but, you know, putting it above 
that time that you spend, you know, all the time that you think you have to spend emailing, you know, first, go spend time working on, you know, inspiring yourself before you have to sit down and email all day long. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so I think, um, like you said, like the importance of different mediums, like all those things that I had done, like I mentioned in the beginning of this was, um, you know, it, it definitely influenced my work. The pottery classes, you would be like, you know, how does that, you know, I don't know. I mean, how does that influence my Because the way that I saw things, the way that it moved in my hands, the way that it, um, the shapes of it, the, um, just the composition of it, or just the pure feeling of happiness creating something, you know, I mean, you have to be inspired, um, or you have to find, you know, you have to inspire yourself, um, basically, and find things and feed yourself with that, and so pottery and watercolors, um, I think that just the way that the watercolor, um, moved in the, um, the flow of that and the, uh, surreal the peacefulness of watercolor I think that affects my work because I want my work to kind of have that kind of same flow and um that same kind of tune I guess and um so I you know that affected me and so everything that I kind of did up until now I know has affected me in the different mediums and I think um there's so many different things that is offered that, like I said, the watercolor class was with 80-year-old women. I mean, <laughs> nothing's going to look like it's going to be, I mean, not everything looks like it's going to be influential, but, I mean, that totally inspired me um, to, you know, where to create the work that I'm creating. So, I mean, if, if I mean, don't have, I mean, watercolor class isn't dreamy, you know, I mean, things that are presented aren't always like, oh, this is something I know that I will be inspired by. I mean, 80-year-old women, watercolor class, I mean, just do it. It's out of your comfort zone, but all different mediums. No matter what, um, there's always something offered, and there's always things that you can find, um, even just walking out, you know, walking outside and, and doing the personal work in that way or um, painting. Any, I mean, there's so many things. And I think somebody asked about encaustics that I do. That's another thing that I do. It's a different medium. Um, it's something that I do on my own um, that I really think is just an area outside of what I do on a daily basis and doing something a little different. So, yeah, <sighs> diving into all those different things. It's important. <laughs> I think you're the first person that's ever, uh, the secret bullet is, uh, old lady watercolor painting class. <laughs> it is. I mean, you don't know. Change your life and your business, <laughs> I swear. So now these eight-year-old women are going to be like, yeah, we've got business coming yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, this has been good because, you know, we've got like the dropping out of college, you know, leave, <laughs> leave the family, do travel and, uh, take watercolor classes with old people. I'm the worst in I love it. I love it. No, it's, um, no, I mean, what you're talking about, I think, is huge because it's, uh, I don't know, like, if you look at our world now, especially, you know, everything, a lot of people believe kind of, uh, you know, there's kind of the three areas and you take care of your life, like the physical, mental, spiritual. Uh-huh. You know, the big, there's a big movement now amongst uh, the physical part, which is like, you know, eating healthy, 
you know, getting away from uh, produ- produced food or, uh, you know, yeah. processed food. And yeah. getting, you know, when you take care of your body, your body rewards you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so some of the things that you're talking about is when you take care of yourself mentally, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. spiritually as well, you give yourself oh. really time for you to, to yeah. rest, well, to play. Yeah. Uh, How are we going to create yeah. if you don't have space in your mind to create, yeah. you know? So, so cause I think we, we think that um, the recreation part or the doing the things for ourselves is typically like a luxury. Like, I'll get to that. And I think of it as being selfish, yeah, and, but it's totally not. Yeah, it's, yeah. But it's really something that needs to be moved really high up on the priority list. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that's all, that's good that you get. Yeah. It's good well, to get not, that. Like I said, yeah, I, I'm not saying leave your family <laughs> and devote time yeah. just for yourself and be selfish. But I'm saying it is important to make room, like I said, make room in your mind to create. If you want to create something, you have to make room for it. You have to put things aside and do what is priority. Um you know, obviously, you have your list of priorities. Make that list of priorities and stick to it. And I think one of the priorities is creating. So um, why are you putting things in front of that, you know? And, and so it's important. Yeah. It's important. Um, couple uh, questions from uh, people. So, like, Kirk Maston, who I had on the podcast uh, a yeah. couple episodes ago, he, uh, he asked, uh, specifics on how she directs or doesn't direct couples, how she decides what to show, not show on our website blog, which you kind of talked about that, I guess. So let's take the first yeah. part, which is how do you handle like directing or not directing your clients? Yeah. Well, um, I guess one of the things I wanted to mention earlier too was I think, you know, like you said with the watercolor with the eight year old ladies and dropping out of school, like, I think I've kind of taken the unconventional route. There's so many different routes to get where you're going. Um, it's not it's not conventional, I don't think. Um, it's not something everyone's done, and I think it's it's a really, you know, everybody has a unique story to get where they are. Same with um, me learning how, how I want to direct my clients is um, I've kind of just kind of taken a, I know what I want to feel in the picture. How do I do that how do I get my clients to you know I don't I mean how do I accomplish that I guess yeah. with my clients um obviously not all my clients are models so it's hard you know and everybody is faced with that and so um I think it's all about comfort level it's it's um it's making them feel real and just create um being able to pick up that organic raw emotion um and I think one of the ways is feeling it yourself and being able to know what it feels like to be in front of the camera and um, kind of talking at a good time because um, one way that I decided that I would teach myself to feel what it feels like to be a client is I actually hired um, a photographer, somebody you've had on here, um, Tech. Oh, cool. um, yeah, he is going to be photographing me and my boyfriend um, on Wednesday. Um, so we will be, um, and we're not engaged. So it's another thing. It's like, you know, I mean, we've been dating five years, but, um, we're not engaged. So it's kind of funny. Um, but I'm I'm taking it as a learning process. Not only am I going to get amazing images back of us 
that are going to be really fun of our dating lives or time of our lives. But um, we are going to going to be able to learn what it feels like to be in that kind of other side of the camera and other side of the communication, like um, just taking it as a learning time to feel what it feels like to be anxious driving up to Nashville to get it, you know, to have a shoot and then to feel what it feels like to be in front of the camera and in those first few pictures, like, how do we stand? Like, what do we do? Like, I want to feel that. And so I'm learning that through that. Um, so I think, um, first of all, knowing what you want to accomplish in the image and what kind of things you want to pick up, if you want to pick up something more fun, lively, um, have, you know, obviously you have to have a lively personality, you know, to be able to make them feel comfortable in that. But um, directing them, I do I do a lot of directing. Um, but I think, talk to me next week about what I learned <laughs> <laughs> about being on the other side of the camera. Yeah. But yeah, definitely encourage that because I know it's going to be an amazing experience because I already know um, just the excitement that I feel of just being looking forward to it and um, emailing back and forth and the communicating. Um, I think it's totally important to feel what it feels like to be on the other side of the camera and kind of like, um, kind of like doctors and nurses go to like the yearly like convention or whatever, or, you know, just constantly updating that. Um, I think we need to do that like yearly where you can just constantly just be reminded what it feels like to be on the other um, side of the camera. And, um, so yeah, I think, you know, I direct them, you have to have a vision up front, what you want the image to, um, have, and then you can kind of go from there. And then also just like I said, just feeling it for yourself and feeling what it feels like to be the client. And I think, you know, I learn from hands-on and just doing things. And I think that'll be, that'll be definitely something I know I'll learn from is just, um, and you kind of, you know, you remember better by doing it. So it'll help you kind of feel like, how am I going to accomplish that? You know, you'll, you know, you learn a lot from doing stuff yourself. So yeah. I'm doing that now. I'm in the process of it. Um, okay. Last question is, uh, Reginald Campbell. He asks, uh, what's her view on weddings, uh, how she approaches weddings. And then, uh, what would, what would you change about your own approach? If you would change anything. Mm hmm I approach weddings as, um, well, it's really funny because I approach weddings and I'm really, um, I try to get, and I don't know, I think a lot of people might not feel this way, <clears throat> but I try to get emotionally attached um, or just feel there, you know, and totally be excited with them um, and be excited for the family. And, and I want to feel like I'm there as a guest and I don't, you know, I know that's not a lot of people's approach but I want to feel the emotion myself. So I try to like, I try to feel that. And I think, and I, I tell Andrew, cause he comes to weddings with me, my boyfriend. Um, I, t I told him the other day, every time I leave a wedding, I feel like I'm the one that just got married because it's just so exciting to me. And I really do feel like, um, at the end of the day, like it's exciting. And I kind of put myself in that emotionally. So, um, I think for me, that's my approach. It's not an approach that everybody takes, but I put myself in that situation um, emotionally and look at it as this is the most important day of their life. Um, I need to feel that way too. And not like the pressure of it, but just the excitement of it and the happiness and the love. Because 
I think, you know, what you're feeling definitely comes across in your pictures. Um, your images are kind of like the overflowing of your heart, um, just like your words are. And um, so I think your images are going to really reflect that. So I think you have to approach a wedding that way. Or not you have to, but um, that's how I do it. And um, I just approach it as it's so important to me. Um, I don't feel the pressure and the nervousness, but I feel like it's just exciting and, um, and I approach it that way. And, yeah. um, also as just kind of an editorial thing too, you know, and just being like, I have to get every little detail and also looking at it from 50 years from now, um, will the grandchildren be able to look at these images and feel it, you know, and feel the emotion, feel every bit of the wedding and are they getting every bit of the details in there so that they can completely understand what the day of their grandparents was about, you know? Yeah. So looking at from, from a different viewpoint and then also just, um, kind of involving yourself in that. Yeah. Is there anything, kind of as last question, was there anything you would, you want to change about your approach or anything you, you're wanting to kind of improve on as you go forward from now? Um, yeah, I think something I can improve on is um i think once i get married that'll be an uh, that'll improve i mean you know i mean i have no idea what it feels like to get married yeah you know and so i think that'll definitely be something i can that'll help my business and um i don't know you know like i'm like i'm getting pictures this week i don't know what it feels like to be in front of the camera really so i'm learning from that so i think um honestly i think it'll be something based on experience other than that i mean I think I approach it pretty well and I get across what I want to get across. I think the only thing that I haven't, or the only thing that I can't do right now is feel what it feels like to be a client. So coming up soon, right. <laughs> I'll feel it someday. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. You had a lot of great things to say and uh, I'm excited to kind of follow you and see kind of where you, you head. Uh, I think you've got a bright future ahead of you. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to I'm excited to see what it's going to look like a few years from now and look back at this right. darn interview. <laughs> yeah. Like, remember that crazy yeah. interview? That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, no problem.